TB, welcome you too. It is hard for me to believe that we're like a week and a half out, and I offer you, I welcome you to another edition. TGMD in the house, the great Matt Dixon, who wrote an incredible report today over at tclub.team regarding what went right for the Vols last year and kind of what has to go right this year. Ryan Callahan, 247, going to join us as uh, Tennessee gets another commitment yesterday. And X today wrote about the commitment, and, you know, he's pretty excited about it, but he's also tempered because X believes, and I want to get Ryan's thoughts on this, X believes this is one that's going to go right to the wire. So X's thing was, I'll believe it when I see it in black and white come February or come December, whichever uh, happens first. Matt and Bry, good morning, fellas. Good morning, Dixie. Tony. How we doing, fellas? How we doing, fellas? Good to be here. Getting closer to the season. Oh, yeah. Matt, I love your report, man, because um, the big question, if you go over to tclub.team, the big question becomes how much... Whoa, 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 whoa. How much of what... Thank you, Bino. Thank you, Bino. Let me turn Bino down there. How much of what happened last year, Matt, is duplicatable? Isn't, isn't that the real question? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and I, I think that's where that's going to be an issue for Tennessee because so, much, so many things went right. Um, and not just what I wrote about, but even kind of the schedule kind of worked out in your favor in a lot of ways as well. But, um, you know, the, the red zone stuff offensively, how just they were the best red zone team in the country. Uh, I think a lot of that is on Hendon Hooker. And I'm, I'm not sure that Milton can replicate that, that kind of stuff. We'll see. Maybe he can. Uh, but I mean, you could have the best offense in the country and, and move the ball, you know, up and down the field, but struggle to, to score in the red zone. And that's the opposite of what Tennessee was last year. They took full advantage of how good they were. And I, I, I don't know how much of that, you know, Joe, Joe Milton can do. Some of it is scheme, obviously, and play calling. But, um, but between that, the way that they jump on opponents early, yeah, the they won. They won the middle eight. They won. Yeah. they just they won all the kind of situational stuff that you need to do to win. That Tennessee was really good at last year, and they were even that way defensively too in a lot of areas. Despite you know not being a great defense, they were probably a better defense than they get credit for because they were good in, in situational spots and you think about what's duplicatable right like if, if if the virginia game would have been played last year we would be sitting here going oh this is an absolute crush job now it might be it might be a complete crush job last year it was a surefire tony elliott sitting over there going this is my worst nightmare uh crush job this absolutely could have been me. I could have had that job. Uh, you know, I turned it down. This guy is getting ready to victimize me. Now we don't know. I mean, now we, you know, we, we just don't. Matt brings up some great points, though, about the situational football. The thing that's hidden in the, in the midst of that, and Tennessee just got another excellent, Defensive prospect. Eck wrote a great report about him today 
and tclub.team. Ryan Callahan will be on here momentarily, 247, to break it down scientifically. But Tennessee was pretty good situationally defensively last year as well, Matt. A lot of the – and, look, I, I realize there were a couple of ugly games. And another thing I want to talk about later on is the fact that everybody has them, including Georgia, as one of our uh, team mailers shared today. Everybody has those games in college football. The defensive stinkers. It's real easy to focus on yourself when it happens. Matt, I think it's kind of a cheap shot for um, Orange Throat to, to, to come off the top rope on Banks and uh, and also Willie Martinez after the South Carolina game last year. I thought that was a total team meltdown, not just those guys. No, but those those guys were were the worst of it. Giving oh, up boy. a bunch of third and long. Oh boy! Uh, I mean, Spencer Rattler had I think he had like over four hundred and fifty yards and six touchdowns. So you want to agree with him? Well, I watched the game, so yeah, I I, I would. You had you had Kamal Kamal Haddon over there trash talking South Carolina sideline as we're giving up sixty three points in the fourth quarter. Uh, not a good look. But no, That's you're right. You're player. right. You're right that every you're right that every team has these types of games. I, I I just think in college football, you can't get up for every game. There's probably two, maybe three games a year where you just you just don't have it, and you've got yeah. to find a way to manufacture it, or or just out scheme somebody, or just out tough somebody, and and the great teams do that, and that's what that's what Georgia does. Tennessee did that a few times. I think at Pittsburgh would, would be an example of that, where the offense really didn't click great, and really your defense won that game for you. Um, that that would be kind of an example of that. So, but no, I, I mean, you know, ten, the defense wasn't great by any means last year, but they got stops when they absolutely needed to in in most games. So Bino and I, myself, yesterday we were talking about how Georgia doesn't have these stinker games and. Uh, a guy named C. in Knoxville pointed out that Georgia last year was hanging on by the skin of their chinny-chin-chin versus Ohio State. Ohio State was already down a receiver coming in. Harrison got hurt during the game. And if a kicker gets down gets down with no delay uh, at the end of the game, we're probably talking about the fact that Georgia last year choked. And got torched on defense. It's kind of interesting because that that got totally lost on. I, I'll be honest with you, that TCU was, game was so Ohio, dominant. Ohio State outplayed them. They had, Ohio yeah, State I, outplayed them. The TCU blowout sort of t- took the whole story away. It sure did. That Ohio State game it made you forget totally about it. Because really, that game was played on a razor's edge, and it could have gone either way. Looking back on Georgia, Ohio State should have been the championship game. That's right. That's right. So we have a lot to discuss. Just wanted to throw that out there. So for myself, for Bino, I'll stand corrected on that. Even Georgia has a stinker. C's point is, in modern college football, when you put two teams on the field that are comparable, your defense is capable of getting lit up by anybody. And Tennessee proved that last year against South Carolina. There was nothing to say that South Carolina was going to do that to Tennessee last year. Nothing. I remember a couple South Carolina guests we had on that were laughing about the game. 
they were like, Carolina has zero chance in this game. They're going to get boat race. That was the expectation coming in. And isn't it interesting? I mean, you just never know about the sport. Tennessee has so many unanswered questions coming into the year. We'll tackle some of that with Ryan Callahan coming up here momentarily. We're going to touch them all today. A little uh, week zero talk as we go forward. Also, a little NFL stuff. It's all there. We come back on the other side. Ryan Callahan joins the foray. The foray, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Matt Dixon over at tclub.team doing yeoman's work along with X. I take a brief time out. We continue with more. On the other side, as we continue, it is a Tuesday. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin.
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. The thing about the recruiting game is that there's never a dull moment. And the other thing about the recruiting game is the target's always moving. The other thing about the recruiting game is that fans tend to focus on the ones that got away instead of the ones that are in the boat. And then there are cases like this Ross young man who committed to Tennessee yesterday, Jordan Ross, an edge rusher extraordinaire. And we're joined on the program now. Ryan Callahan, 247, uh, joins us on the show. Hey, Ryan, uh, first of all, welcome in. I appreciate you taking some time for us. I always do. Hope all's well in your world. 
this guy seems really mysterious to me because in one sense he's highly accomplished and in another sense I don't know. There's there's weird stuff. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Talk talk to me about this commitment. Is Ryan there? Hello? What's going on here? I had you on mute. You got oh, me. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, man. My bad. I thought <laughs> hey, I, hey, I thought it was me, brother. Go ahead. I, I think you user error on this end. All right, go yeah, you you had me scared there for a second, but <laughs> but what about Ross? He's he's just yeah. kind of um it's it's weird. Like I'm looking at the schools involved and the level of interest, and I'm looking at you guys have him as a high five, uh, five star player, a highly coveted guy like that, and yet he didn't have the buzz around him. Uh, talk to me about him. Yeah, it, I I definitely understand where where you're coming from on that. Now now generally speaking though, this is one Tennessee fans should be excited about. This is a this is a really good athlete. He's got length, uh, an 80-inch wingspan, roughly, um, tons of athleticism, and, and lots of upside. And that's why he's rated where he is on 24-7 sports. As you said, our guys have him as a five-star, the number 12 player overall in the class, the number one player from the state of Alabama right now in the 2024 class. The, the, the flip side to that is people say, well, why wasn't he a top target for Alabama then? Why, why was Auburn not a factor in this in the end? And there's two sides to that. On one, you know, it's hard to say for sure what those staffs were thinking or what the reason is. In some cases, it might just be they've addressed their need of a position already, and they don't need a guy like that. But there is a rawness to Jordan Ross's game, and you see that sometimes, especially with edge rushers. Uh, I'll give you another example. A guy Tennessee just added in this past class, Sean Davian Bradley. Um, he's out of the Kansas City area. He was nearly a five-star at, at one point last year and still a top 100 player when he committed to Tennessee ended up sliding a bit in the rankings as the year went on. Um, just, just because I think some other players moved up and, and sort of established themselves as top, uh, top edge rushers. And he, he didn't maybe have a, a an eye popping senior season in terms of stats, but at the time you're beating out Texas A&M and South Carolina for him, not Georgia, Alabama, even Oklahoma, teams like that in that part of the country. So, you know, it's, it's the same thing can happen sometimes in other parts of the country, too. It's just this one was in the southeast. But even at that, he took official visits to Georgia and Florida. You know, it's not like he didn't have some good options. He did. It's just for whatever reason, those recruitment or there was some there were some shifts in the recruitment toward the end where those teams were not in it at, at the finish line, whereas they were in the picture very much in June. So uh, I I think if you're Tennessee, though, you take that and you, you don't worry about it. Um, it. It's just details at the end of the day. And the bottom line is they've got a really long, fast, athletic edge rusher who's got a ton of upside, has a basketball background in addition to, to being a good football player, and, and the sky's the limit for, for how good he can be if he reaches his full potential. So uh, if you're Tennessee, you probably, in a way, you, you, you don't worry about it if he doesn't have 15 sacks as a senior because that, that maybe allows you to get this into the finish line a little bit easier because he's that kind of, he's that kind of guy where the athleticism is there if he blows up this season and has a great year, you might be fighting off some teams for him in the end that weren't there this summer. So uh, right now, though, it's, it's a guy that Tennessee's excited about either way and, and one Tennessee fans should definitely be excited about. Yeah, our guy X kind of surmised that. He, he thinks he's going to have a big, uh, big senior season, and he doesn't think this thing's over. Uh, if he does blow up, do, do, you, do you share that, that Tennessee fans should be concerned? 
I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go into this thinking that there's there's going to be concern that there that it's going to be one Tennessee has to fight to the finish to hold on to, but that that possibility is out there again, just because his recruitment was you know did have some twists and turns in it a little bit the past four or five months uh, that there was some uncertainty about you know wh- which teams were were all in on him and which ones weren't, and, and a and a big senior season could change that. Um, but that, you know, the same is true for a lot of kids and, and, and most team classes, to be honest. And that's the, that's the kind of thing you can't, can't really foresee. But I, I, I can understand, uh, the, 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 the concern there. And yeah, with the way his recruitment went, you know, at one point, Jordan Ross was talking about waiting until December or February to announce a decision. You know, he told us over the summer after his official visit to Tennessee, which was his most recent visit. Um, you know, I'm, I might make a, a silent commitment this summer and just not announce anything until December or February. So. He kind of for a while envisioned this going to the to the end anyway. Very very possible that that it still could play out a little bit this fall if some other teams come back or make more of a push for him than they did earlier this year. But yeah, I, I don't think he's planning it that way. I don't think he's looking for anything else. I think he's happy with his decision. So like most kids, he, he's not planning to keep looking around. But you just never know how people are going to react, especially in the NIL era when, when a team comes back and makes a strong push for a guy that they really covet now. You just touched on it. You walked me into that. You would think that the NIL era would stop all this flipping. People have asked, like this five-star kid that just committed uh, up at Missouri and the one that's going to follow him. Uh, Missouri's making payments to those guys. They're in-state kids. It's legal, whatever, you know. We don't know that they're making payments, but that's the thought. Those kids could still go to another school, though, right? I mean, that's kind of the... That's kind of the unhidden deal here. And so far, now that we've been in this NIL thing for, I don't know, a couple of years, is the flip rate, is it a lot less, or is it about what it used to be? you have any idea? You know, I, I haven't looked at or I haven't seen anybody compile you know, nationwide numbers, but to me it feels like the flip rate is lower. I, I'm with you. I think it has slowed down a little bit of the drama that you often used to see in recruiting. I, I, I think you saw a little more uncertainty uh with committed guys in the past now you know that this is why the summer has become you know kind of the stretch run and and where everyone announces commitments you know not everybody but a lot of players are off the board by the end of the summer these days and and that's partly because you know some schools used to not worry about if guys made summer commitments alabama would say we don't care we're just we'll flip you in the fall if we if we need you we're not worried about it if we don't get you right now because there's a long way to go. But now I think schools have to take it more seriously because when, when most players announce that decision in the summer, that's often the final decision. I think NIL is helping with that, to your point. So I, I think in most cases that does tend to have a have the effect of shutting down a player's recruitment. And, you know, in the case of a guy like Williams Winery that you mentioned out of Missouri, if if he is, you know, already getting paid this season as a result of uh, of any kind of deal he made with, uh, with the Missouri Collective, that's, you know, it, it depends on how the contract is written, but there there are ways to protect the school sometimes in the in the way that's all drawn up. So it just depends, and without having firsthand knowledge of that one, it's hard to say for sure. But that there might be ways to ensure that he's likely to stick with Missouri, and, and in some cases, maybe not if it's not drawn up a certain way. So it just depends on the uh, the, the legal ease there, I guess. But I, I think in most for the most part, though, we do see that guys tend to shut things down when they announce decisions in the summer. So. Um, not not everywhere, you know. Jaden Rashada last year, yeah. you know, some things happen, but a lot of times guys don't flip these days. 
Ryan Callahan, and the Rashada thing, by the way, apparently they they defaulted on a couple payments and gave that kid an opportunity or a a chance to jump. Ryan Callahan, recruiting editor, GoVols247.com, taking some time for us, part of the 247 Sports Network. And Ryan, so assess for me this Tennessee class. Give me uh, your perspective on it as we get ready to start football season. Where have they really gotten the job done, and where is it lacking in your mind? Yeah, it, it, it's a really good class top to bottom so far. I mean, obviously with, with this commitment, with the addition of Jordan Ross, there are 20 commitments and ranked number six in the country uh, in the 20, uh, 2024 class rankings on 24-7 sports. So that's that's obviously where you know about where you would want to be if you're if you're a Tennessee fan now obviously other teams are going to keep adding to their classes so will Tennessee this fall if if their final additions are not you know high four star or, or, or low five star guys in that range then then yeah there's some other teams still might pass them so you definitely can't assume they're going to finish there but that you know adding that second five star at least in in 24 7 sports rankings I actually got this question earlier sort of confusing if you look on our site Tennessee has one five star is the way it's listed. That's referring to the 24-7 sports composite because Jordan Ross is a top 100 player in the composite. So industry-wide, he's a four-star, but for us, he's a five. But even with just having that second really highly ranked player there, they've got a better chance of sticking in the top 10 now. So I think the I think the overall picture is it's a very good class, but to your point, defensive line to me still feels like a position they, they really need to address. You know, they've only got, a, I think, truly a couple defensive linemen if you're not counting the edge rushers. Uh, in this class, you know, Carson Gentle, uh, Kellen Lindstrom, you've got Jeremiah Hurd, who I think might be an offensive tackle in the long run. So they need some help there on the defensive line for sure with some seniors uh, and other and other upperclassmen likely on the way out after this year. And then you've got wide receiver, you know, another big position of need where they're not loaded numbers-wise, only two commitments so far in this class. One of them, Mike Matthews. I, I even like Braylon Staley a lot. So you've got two good ones there. But you need at least a third, if not two more. Um, they still need a second tight end. They, they they still could use another edge rusher, I think, to go along with Jordan Ross. They're battling for Danny Okoye, four star out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, that, that they would love to add to go along with Jordan Ross. Um, and then still would like to add another cornerback. So as you can tell, still plenty of work to do. Even though they have 20 commitments, you know, if, if everything went according to plan, I think they would add at least five or six more guys to this class. But they, they had the luxury, as you often do these days, of, of sitting back and, and just waiting for the transfer portal if they don't get the guys that they want. So we'll, we'll see who they end up finding this fall, if new targets emerge, if they can flip guys from other schools. But, but right now it looks like they're still looking to add at least a handful of players this fall. You know, looking at that roster for Nico's, uh, what will be his, um, for sure, starting opportunity uh, next fall. And obviously you want to hit the ground running in that. 2024 season, the new year in the league, the 12-team playoff, all those things you've built toward putting yourself in a position to, you know, be in the hunt for those sorts of things. It seems like they're really going to have to address when you look at the roster. And I, I know you cover the team as a whole, and, and you followed the camp developments. And you said it earlier, look, all these guys you bring in, I mean, first of all, you've got limited exposure to them. You've got limited uh, knowledge. You're going to swing at some guys and hit it, and you're going to swing and miss on some guys, and some are going to be in the middle. It seems like their offensive line, they're going to need immediate help, uh, Ryan. 
what would you, your expectation be from from them in the transfer portal in terms of the offensive line, the work they need to get done? Yeah, it, it might depend on, you know, that's another position I, I didn't mention because I wouldn't consider it a need that they have to address, but it's another position they still could add another player in the 2024 class if the right one's there. They're, they're pursuing Jordan Seaton uh, at IMG Academy, a top 100 player that I just saw play last week against against Lipscomb Academy in Nashville, and he's he's really good. He's going to have a lot of a lot of competition for him. Uh, going to take several official visits this fall. He's only taken one so far, but Tennessee looks like it might get one of them. So they, they depends on maybe whether they add anyone else in the class from the high school ranks, but I would expect them to, to at least be looking to add one transfer offensive lineman, potentially two, depending on um, who leaves after this season and what they still might need um, going into next year. And, and also how, how they feel those young guys are coming along. Does a, does a, a Masai Reddick or someone like that that's, that's behind those starting those, those those starters and top backups? You know, does he emerge this fall to the point where they say, you know, we think he might be a starter next year now? Um, so, so some of it might depend on just how the roster is looking in a few months after continued development. But yeah, I, I think they're going to need a starting tackle probably. Um, there's at least a chance they lose both starting uh, both starting tackles after this year. So that's that's a position you you definitely want to address with them immediate impact players, Bennett Warren that's in their class, a highly ranked tackle, probably not a day one starter type, might need some time to develop. So so that's that's gonna add to the need for transfer there. So so yeah, I think that at least one tackle and potentially a second lineman if they aren't if they aren't sure if if they need another guard, say, um, I could see them looking to the portal for that too. Brian Callahan joining uh on the on the program and talking about this Tennessee class and it's just such an interesting time, and there are a couple names out there that we've heard a lot about uh, in terms of going forward. Um, you know, when when you look at some of the guys that are currently out there, do we expect anything to pop in the next little bit, or are we done for now, in your mind? There's one more name to watch, uh, at least in, within the next few weeks that we, that we know is planning to announce the decision as of right now, and that's, that's Chris Cole, a four-star linebacker out of Virginia. He's a teammate of Tennessee running back commitment Peyton Lewis. Came down uh, to Knoxville for his second visit at the end of July, and they, they've kind of gotten back in the race for him over the summer. And, and now it looks like they will get an official visit from him the weekend of September 9th for the Austin P game, uh, which, which is Tennessee's home opener, of course. And, and he's going to USC the week before that. And then he's going to announce a decision as of right now, the day after that Austin P game. So he's literally going to visit Tennessee. It looks like the weekend he announces his decision. Georgia is the team that a lot of people have thought is, is in the driver's seat in that one. But if he follows through on his plans, Tennessee and, and USC at least get a chance to, to change that. And, and there's, there's cautious optimism that that, that visit could, uh, could give Tennessee a real shot to, to land him. So that's the one to watch over the next few weeks. Otherwise, though, it, you know, it's to that point where guys are starting their seasons or already have started, and that's when you see the commitment slow down a bit. So I think we are going into that stretch where there won't be a whole lot of activity over the next six weeks or so at least, and a lot of the guys who have waited this long will wait until at least you know, October or so to make their decisions. But, yeah, that's the one we know about right now, Chris Cole currently announcing on September 10th. Um, from your perspective, what's this club look like coming into the year when you look at the Vols? What, do you, what are you expecting right now? I, I, I think they're going to be a really solid team and, and, and have, a, have a chance to be you know, better, better than solid at some positions. I, I, I look at it as a, you know, in football, as you know, a lot of times when you, 
it, it, it's like this in a lot of college sports, but football, especially because of, of you know development in the in the weight room and things. When you have a team loaded with seniors, it usually bodes well. And this is a pretty senior-heavy team, certainly in the starting lineup. I mean, this is a team that could start somewhere around 18 seniors uh, in, in its first game. So that usually is a good sign when when you have that kind of uh, veteran presence throughout your lineup. And and I I think that when you're looking at just the surface level view of, of, of a team uh, that, that, that expected to win about nine games already, that, that that's reason to think they could be even better. You know, it, it really depends on the quarterback position, of course. How does Joe Milton play? Can some guys emerge on defense as, as difference makers? I think that's the key, too. You know, they've got a, a lot of guys who've played a lot of football, but not many who've shown that they're all SEC-type players or, or close to that. So they, they've got to have some players step forward and, and become difference makers for this team, you know, like you know, like Aaron Beasley showed last year, he can he can be at times. You know, you, you need some guys like that to, to take another step, I think, to elevate this team a bit. But if they if they can get some some other guys to step forward and go along with those uh, those players that we already know about, they they've got a chance to be really good. A, a schedule that's not terribly daunting, although it's maybe a little bit tougher than some people are are, are thinking right now. Um, there's still a few game a few swing games that I think could sneak up on them. You know, like a South Carolina, Kentucky, some people think even Missouri. I'm a little skeptical of that one. But, you know, Texas A&M, there are some games you could lose that Tennessee will probably be favored to win, at least as of right now. So I think it still looks like about a nine-win team on paper, but there's there's upside for more than that. And to me, it's just going to depend on how good the offense is and maybe that offensive line now being the kind of key piece. You know, yeah. is, that, is that group going to be solidified or are the – the, the kind of holes that we've seen there during preseason camp with Cooper Mays out, are they going to be issues for this team going into the season? Well, Matt made a really good point in our blog today over at tclub.team when he said that the, yeah, Joe Milton's really the top key player on offense, but he ranks Mays as the second key player on offense because without Mays, they just haven't had the tempo. You know, they just haven't. And, and he's made it look easy. He's the hardest to replace, uh, for sure, and that's what we're seeing. And, th- and this may, this stretch that Tennessee's gone through recently, it might help them in the long run because now they've had to play in that kind of, you know, maybe not worst case scenario, but pretty close to worst case scenario where the, the guy they could least afford to lose on the offensive line has been out. So I think now they're in a better place, maybe, uh, for the long run, at least, to where if something happens and he does go down during the season, that they they at least know what to do now to, to make up for that absence. But, they need to stay healthy up there, even with the guys that they have now. You know that at the position where injuries can always pop up, they're showing they don't have a lot of depth uh, that yeah. they can count on on the offensive line. They're maybe seven deep in guys they could feel pretty good about, um, even though they've got a lot of bodies there, just not a lot that have shown they can play at this level yet. So they they they, they need to stay healthy, need to get the most out of these guys, and it's a big year for a guy like Ollie Lane, who's, who's waited his turn. He might be a really important player for this team whether he's the starting center for the for the opener if Cooper Mays is out, the starting left guard or whatever, they, they need him to play well. Addison Nichols might need to play well. You know, it, it's a big year for some of those guys to to, to step into starting roles and, and play play solid football. And we'll see maybe also how much this offense allows you to scheme around an issue on the offensive line like that. You know, does the way they get rid of the ball, the wide splits, does that does that negate some of that? You know, I don't mm. think we know the answer to that entirely, but it's possible that could help Tennessee work around some uh, you know, deficiencies or subpar offensive line play. Maybe, maybe just the way they play allows that to be not so much of an issue. We'll see. 
Brian Callahan, recruiting editor, Go Vols 247, also covers uh, the Vols as well and does wonderful work. And, Ryan, it's always great to spend a few minutes with you. Go ahead and, and pub what you're doing over there and uh, give the pitch, my man, and how folks can find your work and all that good stuff. Yeah, obviously a great time to, to check out the site, season preview content coming up over the next few days as we, we take a big-picture view of the season, get into our season predictions. Uh, as a staff, which we have have some fun with, uh, and we'll do some game by game predictions as well, uh, and and obviously turning turning attention soon to uh, to the opener against Virginia next weekend. Uh, still continued recruiting coverage. I was on the road last week for a game, as I mentioned. Uh, we'll, we'll have updates throughout the season, including uh, either today or tomorrow, a, a recap of how Tennessee's commitments fared last week, the ones who played, and 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 we'll continue to to do that on a weekly basis, uh, keeping up with Tennessee's commitments in their high school seasons. Uh, and, and yeah, already uh, soon we'll we'll be looking more at some of the guys who'll be visiting Tennessee uh, uh, throughout the season on the recruiting front as well. So yeah, lots to keep track of at GoVols247.com, and, and a great time to sign up for for one dollar for the first month and uh, join the site. When I think about how hard you're working, I want to go pour myself a rather stiff, caffeinated drink, <laughs> double espresso. I don't know how you, you I don't know how you're doing that. Because the recruiting thing is just maddening, and you can't get away from it. I, I don't think people appreciate, Ryan, how hard that stuff is to cover it until they jump in. And you've been at it a good decade and a half or so, which means you're just a maniac. <laughs> that's that's one way to, to look at it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you get used to it, I guess. But, you know, hey, it, it, it still beats working for a living. At the end of the day, we're still we're still very, very lucky to do what we do yep. and to to get to talk about a, a, a game at the end of the day, uh, it's a lot of fun. It can be, it, it can be stressful like any job uh, when, when things are really happening and you're yes. trying to say something down. But it's it's still a lot of fun at the end of the day to get to talk about this. And, and hey, on that along those lines, it's almost football season, so time for everybody to have fun and, and get to enjoy the game. Let it loose. Thank you, Ryan. Good talking to you. Same here. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, brother. I was told by a semi-wise man a couple weeks ago that if I wasn't doing this, I would be digging ditches. I mean, who knew? Who knew, Dixon? Who knew? Hey, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see you out there doing some manual labor. You, you know how long? You know what my dad told me? He said, "You're making me look bad in front of my brothers at his mushroom house." He had the four brothers working there. He said, "I know you're lazy, and you know you're lazy." I know you don't like doing this manual labor, and you know you don't like doing your man- this manual labor. He said, but look busy. Grab a broom. You know, if you're going to fall asleep over in the corner after I leave and not do any, at least. So he did teach me the art of looking busy, even when I wasn't really busy. But uh, go ahead, Brian. You were going to say. Well, I was going to ask about the the two players that were – two Tennessee commits that were playing against each other, and one of them actually hurt the other one pretty bad. Did, did some kind of a – he hit him, and I think he punctured a rib or something. Well, that would have been a good thing to bring up. I tried to, but – Unfortunately I mean, for me, I, 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 yeah. I'm i like half asleep today. I don't know, man. It's like the calm before the storm here. You ever had one of those days, guys, where you just feel a little uh, – I don't know. I'm trying to keep myself in the center here and not too excited. Does anybody feel me on that? Because here we come, you know. 
ready or not, here we come. Yeah. It's kind of hard to comprehend that we're at football season already. Are, are you, do you guys feel the same way? It's like, uh, like I was texting with Tony Falls over the weekend, and I told him, I said, man, you've swallowed my off season. I don't get an off season. We don't get an off season around here anymore. And the clock feels weird. Do you guys feel that way, or is that just me? We are Josh Dobbs number of days away from the start of the season. You feel that way, Matt? Yeah, it, something does feel different. I, I think between the baseball season and, and going into as long as it does, and the fact that Hypel's program just they don't promote anything you know, um, in the off season and yes. kind of this build up to this, like there's no over the top stuff like Butch always did. Yes. Um, you have none of the, none of the nonsense, none of the drama and, and really just no storylines, which is exactly how they want it. And I, I think that that can just kind of sneak up on you and, and it just kind of all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're two weeks out and you ha- hadn't really thought about it a ton. Hadn't, you know, there's not a, anything major coming from camp. So, uh, you know, I, I think that factors into it as well. Yeah, I had a call people, or maybe it's one guy, but just all of a sudden, like, ripping me, um, which I don't care. They shoot me an email off off my uh, my emails there, commonfan at gmail.com. I, I, you know, whatever. But one guy said, your blog looks like a TV show that's about to get canceled. Feels like a TV show that's about to get canceled. And people think, Matt, that it's so easy in the summer to put something up there every day. And let me tell you, Matt will tell you, it is not. Is it easy, Matt, to wake up every day and put oh. something up there and no, be as prolific as we are? No, you gotta, got to really get creative. And when you have a program that you follow or that you're covering that's as smooth sailing as this Tennessee program is, then it becomes doubly hard because what are the things we what are the things we talk about and focus on in the off season? Somebody gets arrested, the Georgia stuff. Somebody gets in trouble. None of that goes on here. None of that goes on here. So either this guy has figured a way how to tamp this stuff down and keep it out of the public, which I don't think's the case because I don't hear about any of it. How many times have I called you guys this off season and said, "Hey"? You know, I hear that so-and-so, this happened to so-and-so, and in the previous regimes, we would have those conversations all the time, off the air. Hey, I'm not going to mention this on the air, but this is what I hear. There's no drama around this guy. None. None. In his regime, no drama. There's no, we got to talk this player out of the boat or back into the boat or, you know, so-and-so is having an issue over. You don't hear anything, which, hey, good on them. And, Matt, that's kind of the point. You know, it's like, and, and then you get here and week zero is coming up. I just don't understand what college football is doing with this week zero thing. You would think they could schedule a decent football game across all of college football. All the money that the TV networks are paying these I, people, you would think they could come up with a decent game the, to put on television. When was the last time they actually had a decent game this week, though? 
It's get, usually been just like it is. Real, I uh, thought on this continent. I thought is that right? So week zero is usually a throwaway. I, I think I of, think so. Yeah, it's like a it's designed to whet your appetite, but it's kind of keeping the main course from you. I mean, didn't Northwestern and Nebraska open last season? So great, and I think the, I think the winner of that game—that's the only game they won. Yeah, so the winner, two teams were exporting football, and neither team won a game on this continent. But other than that, other than that, wonderful. Uh, I'm sure that really brought a lot of fans to the game. Matt, you low-key have three really interesting, most important players on offense. The Cooper Mays thing, you know, we've been talking about him because he's been off the field, and it obviously has inhibited them offensively as they work toward camp, even though they try to color it another way. They know that if if he's not available to them long-term, it could be curtains for any aspirations they have. They know that. It's He might be one of the more underrated players, Matt, we've seen here in, in a long time from that perspective, don't you think? Yeah, just in terms of there's there's no backup. Like he doesn't have a backup, and he, he really hasn't the past couple of years either. They were kind of lucky to have Jerome Carver that they could slide inside, but you know he's he's gone. You, you just have no backup center, and you know I don't know what you know. I guess we kind of know it will, will be Ollie Lane if if Mays can't go. So no, I, I think he's very important in that role because there's just nothing behind him, and he's a pretty good center to begin with, right? You know he's a, you know a really nice player, um, and you know just with where you are offensive on the offensive line, there's just not not any depth and, and no proven depth with. Which most teams don't have proven depth anymore with, with how the portal works. But it is it is alarming how how much the season kind of rides on him. And then the other one you have so so Matt's three most important players. If you go over to tclub team and check it out, his three most important players are Joe Milton. He's got Cooper Mays too, and then his third most important player on offense is Jacob Warren which is a real sneaky, interesting, elaborate on that, Matt. Yeah, well, just, you know, him and Princeton Fant last year, that, you know, Princeton Fant was the one who kind of got all the highlights and, and had the numbers and, you know, I think scored a touchdown or threw a touchdown like three or four different ways. But what the coaches were able to do with those guys and to be able to, to create matchups without subbing the, the hurry-up offense with, with the tight end and how critical they are to the offense. Uh, it's, it's a really key position in this offense. And, you know, he's the, you know, Warren's the only guy returning that, that has really any experience. You got the, the, the castles uh, transfer who I think can be pretty good. And then behind that, you have, uh, you know, a true freshman, Ethan Davis, who can't stay healthy uh, to this point. And, you know, this offense is kind of, at least for the tight ends, is, is a little bit more complex than, than a lot of other spots. So, you know, you can't depend on that freshman a, a ton. So I, a guy like Jacob Warren, I think, is very valuable to this offense, even even if he doesn't have the stats. Just being able to get lined up, you know, may move those guys all over the field. Little things. Uh, so I, I think it's it's a very critical position. And, and Warren is, is a guy that has a ton of experience and could be a guy that, 
that maybe has has a little bit of a breakout type season. So, Ryan Callahan brought a really good point up earlier regarding the veteran nature of this team, and generally that's a really good thing. And we're going to find out because for many of these seniors, it's going to be a really great opportunity. He's one. Ali Lane, who we mentioned earlier, is another one. Joe Milton's another one. Matt, you're uh, under your most important uh, defensive player. Uh, you think Omari Thomas, another veteran player, was snubbed. It would be really wonderful to see several of these guys have nice seasons. They've kind of um, stuck around. Some of them have been good uh, depth players. Some of them have had opportunities front line like we're talking about. And maybe it hasn't gone their way. Uh, Amari Thomas, though, is a guy you kind of feel like is underrated. Yeah, I think he's a really good defensive tackle. Uh, reads plays really well. Um, is all, always is following the ball, um, even when it's kind of a play action type deal. Does does a good job there. Uh, gets kind of that that Rodney Garner bump, which I, you know I, I just think he's going to maximize his potential. And I think he's an NFL guy, and I, I think he's really good up front uh, for Tennessee. Even though he he might not have the the stats and, and make the highlight plays um, playing inside, but I, I think he's the He's by far your best defensive lineman, and and a guy I, I don't think this team could really, you know, afford to lose for for much for much time. Uh, so yeah, I think he's a he's a really good player. Could probably play his way into into being a, a middle or maybe second or third round pick. Most important defensive player number two from Matt over at tclub team today. A pass rusher. That's an interesting way of putting it, Matt. Uh, I, I I didn't know who to pick. You know, Roman Harrison's the guy that has kind of traditionally been that. Yeah, he's been here and forever. I, he's another one of yeah, those guys. He's been like here. a fifth or six year guy. Yes. You know, could he have a you know that Robert Ayers type breakout season? Yep. You know, yep. I, I probably not. But he's a guy that I th- I think in in spots is really good. You've got some of those underclassmen who are I guess it's like their second year in the program now. Some highly highly ranked guys. Um, I think it's Josephs and Pierce. You know, maybe one of those two guys. You know, takes that next step. Uh, Herring, the the freshman. Yeah, uh, they like a lot. Was, I think the highest ranked uh, in state kid in the recruiting class. Yes. He could be that guy. But you've got to have a pass rush. We've talked about that before. That's one way to help help your secondary out is to, to get some pressure on a quarterback, which they just they just failed to do so often last year. But yet. If you go back and look at Matt's report, situationally, they were still pretty good when they needed to be. That's why Tennessee's defense, at times, there's a little more there than needs to be. The thing that has concerned me about their defense is their secondary and continues to kind of concern me a little bit. But as Matt wrote today, there might be more in their secondary than uh, than meets the eye as well. So... Anything you want to add, Brian? Okay. Jeremy Pruitt says it looks like Heupel's taking the program forward with my recruiting. He okay. said that? Wow. Did, okay. did Pruitt say that or no? What's that tone? Well, the, the truth is that a lot of these guys are, this is the last of the remnants of the Pruitt era that we're getting ready to see here. 
Jalen Hyatt last year. Last of the remnants. You're going to be on your own soon with your own players. That's right. Which will make it interesting because several of these guys are frontline, several of the frontline guys, some of them. It's amazing how many how many COVID seniors, Matt, do we have still around? They're, they're working their way through this thing. Can we? A, bu- a bunch. A bunch. I, I think is a testament to the, the kind of the team building that you have. The culture. The guys, the guys kind of want to stay. We, yep. we saw that with baseball a little bit. Yes. With guys coming back. Um, and he, I guess even basketball, too. Yes. Kind of that, that healthy program with guys who, you know, don't really have any pro aspirations or, or potential. Um, maybe aren't even, you know, re- like starters or, or guys who are going to play key roles. But they decide to come back just because they love it. So I, I think that's that, that's a good point that, that you made. There's a bunch of those guys on this team. Tony Valls was telling me off the air when they were going to lose that pitcher, and then they were going to add that unher- un- unheralded guy after him. He said, "Yeah, we've got a guy we're going to add if uh, the pitcher from where was he from Alabama and uh, ended up going somewhere LSU, I guess." Yeah, the uh, Holman went there. Yeah, they got the guy. Yeah, you know, you know what Tony told me about the guy they added. He said, he said I'm, he said I wanted, and and want going forward, good clubhouse guys. I want solid people in this deal. Rick Barnes is like that. People will say to Rick Barnes, "Well, so and so shows interest in coming to your program," and he's like, "Yeah, we're not interested in him." Now, you could say at times, you know, that could be to a fault. But it's interesting to see Heupel definitely has a bunch of those guys in his program. We were just talking. Look, you you got all those scholarship players, and you have heard not a peep out of these guys in the offseason. That might be the quietest offseason we've ever experienced here. Think about it. Nothing. I mean, you've heard... Nothing, which I think is a really good sign. I think that's a sign that you, you've got a lot of folks that are making good decisions, not being selfish, and we've got a lot to talk about. So Blake Topmeyer yesterday had an incredible appearance on here. We'll get into that. Uh, several things he touched on I want to get on, get into with Matt and Bry. Uh, plus, coming up on the other side, we'll look at week zero and then look toward uh, a little NFL conversation on the other side as well. Brian, are you excited for the Jags this year? Are, are the Jags going to win the division, the Jags and Titans, or do the Colts have enough, Brian? They are the favorite. I saw where Derek Barnett punched Anthony Richardson during practice when they had their joint thing going on, I guess now, and they were trying to get the ball out, which led to a fight. So, Derek Barnett still he's making a, it work in the NFL. Yeah, I guess he's he's healthy. Derek is a living, breathing fifteen-yard penalty. In Philly, he's the guy that always gets flagged for the <laughs> uh, for the fifteen-yard penalty. Just a guy in the NFL who, I mean, he's still there and he's had a nice career. He didn't wash out of the deal, but kind of didn't never live up to the hype. He was never going to live up to the hype. But when people start talking about how you broke Reggie White's sack record when you're entering the NFL, 
Uh, you're never going to live up to that hype. Come on now. We, we saw Reggie White. That's called once in a lifetime. But, hey, it was fun while it lasted. We come back on the other side, so we'll get into that. We've got a lot to get to, little time to get there. It is your Tuesday edition, Tony Basilio Show. And I want to thank uh, the great uh, Ryan Callahan for joining us on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Online at tldlogistics.com. Again, that's tldlogistics.com as we continue with more right after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby. King of the precious stones for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! I have got somebody very special on the line right now. Our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how's everybody doing at Foodland today? Oh, we're doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. Beautiful weather out there. It's a good time to get out and cook some steaks, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of specials you got this week, Miles? Well, this week we have ground chuck for $3.59 a pound, T-bone steak $6.99 a pound, corn on the cob two ears for a dollar, 24-pack Niagara water three for 10, and six-pack Coca-Cola products three for $12. Wow, fantastic. And those sales uh, run all the way through next Tuesday, so uh, people can come and check out. And uh, as always, your hours are seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. I'll tell you, you, it's very convenient, very easy to get in and out of that uh, location right there in West 7th. And uh, and if there's something people are looking for uh, and you can't find it, uh, go ahead and ask. They will take care of you for sure. So, Miles, I hope you and the great people there have a fantastic weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. You bow your head, ladies and gentlemen, when he makes his return visits to the program, the show of record, as uh, Robert Kowalski joining us. He is the odds maker extraordinaire for my friends at Zen Sports, and we're going to break it down scientifically because week zero is upon us in college football and Robert from your perch man we're getting excited about this I was telling these guys I kind of wake up in the middle of the night going what happened to our summer here we go really excited what's what's it like in your world as we get close to this thing <laughs> Tony thanks so much for having me on it's always a pleasure and honor to talk about A to Z and, and you're right here we are it's the it's just a couple of days away, and, you know, the slate that I've got built that's been there for man, many, many weeks right now, it has moved, uh, and it has moved strong in some instances, and that's kind of the, the world I live in as a, as a bookmaker. Uh, you just got to set the number and, and see how close you are to, you know, how you made it uh, over the time that it comes until we get to kickoff. Uh, I could say, you know, with, with some pretty resounding efforts, uh, the public really has some opinions this coming week, Tony, and uh, I, I could probably say it almost always comes down to the totals, right? And so yeah. uh, San Jose State, USC, uh, this was a game that we opened at around 60.5 for the total. We're at 67. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're probably, uh, probably going to be off on that. Uh, I probably think that the other one that we're looking at, Tony, is uh, Ohio and San Diego State. 
Uh, I opened that one a little too high as well at 53 and a half, and that one's down seven touchdowns at a total of 49, Tony. My boy Nashville Lee, who is a guy you'll get to know, he's a degenerate's degenerate, so to speak. <laughs> he he was telling me yesterday that's his favorite game of the weekend. It's like his favorite play, and he thinks it's kind of the most interesting game of the weekend, which really speaks to what we're looking at here in week zero. You know, it's uh, it definitely leans towards the dog. And, and in a way, I, it's just kind of like my default setting. If you take a look at any kind of a matchup, you're giving points, right? You're taking points. And I have to say, I just by the default alone, I'd want to go ahead and grab underdog points. Just early on, it, it just really how much can you know until you actually play real live tackle football on the field and try to say, ah, you know what, the, the, the level of talent has actually dropped or it has significantly increased. We'll really never know until we see it. Spring, you know, spring football is one thing. Actually playing, you know, live in front of fans, that's a whole other story. So, yeah, you're right. Ohio, uh, you know, we opened this one up. San Diego State 4, down a one and a half now, Tony. Well, and it's going to be, you know, it's a really interesting football game. In fact, it's a competitive game, which there's very little. There's very little of that this weekend. You talked about USC a second ago. It's the most college football 2023 thing that the reigning Heisman <laughs> Trophy champion uh, will, and and a team that some people think has an outside shot to sneak into the playoffs, uh, playing the final year of, and you're a West Coast guy playing the final year in that yeah. league till the curtain comes down. Um. They're going to play on something called the Pac-12 Network, which here, you couldn't find that thing if you're looking for it here. I mean, you couldn't, and we're, I'm in football country here. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is really remarkable, isn't it? I At the end of last year's final, I said, you know, we're probably going to see a different landscape when we meet once again, and that boy was I off because it's forget about a different landscape. We're in a different universe right now. It's over. It's all over. It's just now to pick up the pieces. I said we've entered the wild, wild west when it comes to, you know, NCAA football. It's, it's well beyond that right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really not quite sure uh, what's to come of it, but you're right. Uh, sure. USC, uh, uh, let's do this one more time. I guess let's go once more around the sun. <laughs> So guys that do what you do, right, I, we were talking about this. The NFL practices are mostly open. Of course, they play a bunch of these scrimmages, team-on-team. Uh, team. No longer are we worried about what happens in preseason games. Mostly those are twos and threes going against each other. And who, whoever's going to make a roster, they're trying to determine those sorts of things in preseason games. Um, but you get your information in college since Nick Saban's come into the game and has gone on, you know, Soviet style lockdown, Soviet tasks would be proud of Nick Saban and what, what they've done to college football. How do we get information? How do guys like you glean information at this time of the year? It's, it really does find us in a race for information every day, every week, every month. Uh, and, and we get it the same way as our listeners get it. Uh, you know, Twitter, 
uh, you know, news feeds, uh, anything that we can get to get an idea for what happened uh, in the results of the transfer portal, in the results of who's, you know, graduated, who's stepping up, just to what effect, you know, um, I'll just, just use Milton as an example. You know, you know, is, is he hitting his new target right. the way that we expect him to? Right. So all of this plays into what we think is going to project, and that's all it is, Tony. It's a projection of what we're going to see over the next three, three and a half months. Really, really tough. Uh, the college game, insanely far more difficult to set odds than in the pros. I'll say that for myself. So for folks that open their Zen app today, there's some value to be found, isn't there? 100%. Not, not only that, uh, you, you'll see it right up front. You'll know. It, it, and Tony, it's just like as if we walk into a supermarket, right? Why would you want to go and, you know, go to a supermarket and, you know, buy some tomatoes and there's no price? You have no idea what it's going to be until you get to the counter. It might be different for you. It might be different for me. No, you'll see it right there. Uh, when you open up the app, you'll see all the lines set, and you'll see exactly how much we're going to take um, on every single game right up front for the side and total, and of course, the money line. But it's true. Uh, <laughs> the numbers that are there expect them to move quite heavily between now and Saturday afternoon. Robert Kowalski, who won the contest, we were talking about that last time he was on, but Every bookmaker in Vegas, they picked every NFL game against the spread, just a side game with themselves. And I think your number was like a 58% clip, which is just crazy, picking every game against the spread. It's insane. But that's what you did last year. Do you have uh, a favorite uh, play from Week Zero on the board right now? Do you have a favorite? Uh, for the collegiate yeah. sport, I definitely would want to go and see. At this point, Tony, you know, we touched on the game for just a little bit. USC is going to be able to call their own number. Uh, and I, I honestly think that the 30 that's currently set, eh, maybe there's a, a 30 and a half somewhere. But if you find that 30, I, I would think that they probably would come close to covering that by halftime. Wow. Moving along. <laughs> I'm projecting the NFL win totals here because the NFL is right around the corner. Right. Some look kind of curious to me. As you put your pencil to paper and publish them, what was the what was the? Give me a couple that were the hardest to jot down. That you your model said this is the number, which is how it's done. But you're looking at it through your human eye, going, I don't know if I trust that number. I'm so glad you bring this up, Tony. And I'm I'm going to do some. I don't know how many, uh, you know, of our listeners or our guests have an opportunity to go and just say it. I I have no problem just letting you know what's what's the ingredients in my cake, <laughs> what's in the batter. And as I put out my regular season win totals, I think, man, this just doesn't seem right. Yeah. For example, right from the very top, Arizona Cardinals. Right. As I set the lines for them for pretty much every game this year, I'm looking at them and. Tony, they're an underdog in every single game this year. Every one of them. The only one that they're not is the Week 14 bye. And they're like double-digit dogs in almost every case. Uh, maybe around Week 10, 11, and 12, they're, they're catching less than a field goal. Uh, and, and so maybe that's where they can pick up a couple of wins, hosting Atlanta at Houston, hosting the Rams. But even that I'm not confident about. And yet, 
there's that number, four and a half for the season win total, right? So it obviously, you know, when you add them all up, you got to come up to 272 wins. That's just basic math. Every team plays the same amount of games, and it comes up to a total of 272 is, is the mark. So I have to get there somehow, but that four and a half, Tony, just doesn't look like they're going to get there at all. How about close to home, the Tennessee Titans? What's the number right now? Well, so there's another one that I found some pretty good punches towards the over. It makes sense, right? They've, they've done some things in the offseason to make themselves a better position than they were uh, pre-draft. So seven and a half. Seven and a half to over uh, a quarter. And, and so I would think that that makes sense just from a optics perspective. Here we go again, Tony. I don't. I look at the schedule and I'm uh, one, two, three, four, five, six games where they're favorites. But Tony, those favorites, one point favorite hosting Atlanta, oh. Oh. one point favorite at Tampa, yep. one point favorite at Carolina. Uh, you know, towards the end of the year, one point favorite at Houston. Another one where it might be tough getting to that seven and a half. I know that's not what the listeners want to hear right now, but I'm just looking at it just from a, a top, top, top high level down. Well, I mean, facts are facts. I, I've said on here a million times. I don't. I just don't understand what the Titans were doing 16 months ago when they just flipped a wide receiver to the Eagles and said, "Go have fun playing for the Super Bowl." Yeah, and, and right. I just that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in sports. Brian Hartman, seven and a half is the number for the Titans. They're in your division. You being a big Jags fan, interfacing with the great Robert Killer Kowalski from Zen Sports. Brian, when you hear that, what is your inclination over or under that number for the Titans? What do you think? If I would go slightly but barely over that number, I think uh, I think coaching will keep them – probably get them a better record than they really should have with he, Grable there. He does a nice job. Yep. Sure. But I, I wouldn't go much over that seven. I, I'd probably get them for, I'll say they'll win eight games. You know, that Jets thing is really interesting. How much did the acquisition of Rodgers uh, move the number for them? It, it's, Tony, to, to put this one short, basically rapture time for the New York Jets. This is it. Um, thankfully for them, and I follow uh, injuries very, very closely and, and recovery times very closely. That's kind of like what I play on TV. So when I take a look at what happened to Rodgers with his thumb, right? His thumb yeah. clearly disabled him. It was nothing close to what he's capable of. Right. Seeing him now, Tony, he is like in MVP form. That coupled with what they currently had going into the offseason puts them clearly in the Super Bowl picture. Nine and a half is the season win total. Uh, that is a two, almost a one and a, yeah, one and a half, in some cases, a two game increase uh, from preseason projections. And that's to the over. Uh, they're betting it over uh, to a quarter already. Uh, it's this is it <laughs> and you know being back east uh, from new york uh you know the jets have been waiting for this and i'm sure the fans have been waiting for this for uh well almost forever uh it really does aim in their favor really tough gauntlet to start off the first month buffalo at dallas 
hosting New England at Kansas City. Uh, so really, you're going to know what they're going to have to deal with. But after that bye week, that's where you're going to see them in favorites in almost every single game outside of two. Uh, it may be even a favorite in almost all of them but one after that bye week in uh, in week number seven. Get out of September 2-2, two and two, and then watch those guys take off. So you say 9.5 is the number for the Jets. Hey, Brian, right. that's, uh, that's in your conference. What do you think, Brian Hartman? You buying or selling that? I'll sell that because they're the Jets. See, I agree with that. <laughs> I believe it when I, 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 don't when I see it. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I don't trust them, and I don't trust them. But quarterback play truly is that important. Uh, what other totals from the NFL right now, uh, Robert, uh, kind of you look at and say, boy, it's what the model says, but mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the other one that really makes me scratch my head. And uh, not so much to the under. Let's take a look at one, and we, we took a look at the Jets. Yeah. How about the Cleveland Browns? Uh, a, a team that obviously we knew that they were going to have to just you know pack it in and then call last year a mulligan, but yeah. they kind of put themselves into a really good position. So a lot of my colleagues have kind of put them at right at let the public decide if they're playoff bound or not. Uh, I I like to put them a little bit higher. So with most of the world setting the number around eight and a half for the Cleveland Browns season win total pushed way to the over, I went nine and a half. Uh, and, and yeah, that that pretty much says your your playoff bound, uh, which has been also a very long long time since the Cleveland Browns have done that. However, um, you know I'm I'm looking at very few games where they're deep dogs. As a matter of fact, most of the time where they're underdogs, it's only by a field goal. And that's even tough games on the road at Baltimore, at Seattle, at Cincinnati, everywhere else. Uh, they're you know, decent-sized to mid-sized favorites pretty much everywhere, including hosting Baltimore, obviously early on in the season, hosting Tennessee, hosting Arizona. So uh, a, well well, a very well-balanced schedule for them. Strength of schedule really not that high, uh, so I could definitely see them getting themselves as close to double digits in wins this year as they've ever had in many many years. Tony, Jimmy Haslam will find a way to get in the way of that. That is called mm-hmm. time immemorial. Uh, <laughs> Our, our guy, Mike Dettelier, who is a draft expert, says that he's the worst owner in the NFL, uh, and he will figure out a way to get. So I'm going to sell what you just told me. I will sell the Cleveland Browns. All the, I don't know if I'd play the. I don't know if I'd play the under because the thing about them is they're extremely talented, right. and they're in a division yeah. that's kind of in uh, not rebuild mode. But because the, obviously the Bengals are an excellent team, but you've got kind of Pittsburgh there, and and who knows what to expect. Like I'll ask you, what what do we expect from Steeler Nation? We've got a lot of uh, Steeler fans listening to us. Yeah, this is this is really great. I'm glad that we could touch on this as well. I didn't look every play. It seems like every single day that I look, it's like okay, there's another move on over Pittsburgh Steelers wins for the season win total, and then another, and another, and another. 
see it? I don't know. I mean, of course, we're going to see some kind of positive step forward from yeah. Pickett. I just I don't see it this year. I mean, and, and, and look, and that's the whole thing, right? You, you cut, kind of touched on it to call back about five minutes ago. If you don't have, if you're basically not Patrick Mahomes, well, okay, you're not going to the Super Bowl, right? So what's the next step? What do you have? It's to me. I really think that we really need to see a massive step forward for Pickett. To you know, we, right now we're just concerned about them winning the division. Right. I, I don't. I don't see that happening. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and right now, it, it's it's a tough schedule, right, for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I really don't know if they're going to finish with an over five hundred record this year, Tony. True. Been a long time. Um, moving along here. For them to have a, a couple of season dip, I mean, obviously after Ben, we, we knew they would, but mm. it's been a long time since we've been there. On the way out, all politics are local. Latest number you have for the Vols, and then which way are you leaning? It is going to be, if we look at their schedule, Tony, to me, I really think that what we want to do is find out can you compete against, you know, the Floridas? What will you do against, you know, Georgia and Bama? Of course, th- those are the games that everyone circled a right. long, long time ago. Right. Nine. Nine is my win total. Um, I have high hopes. I really do. They're, they're literally ninth in terms of the odds set for them to win the whole entire title. Win it all. Uh, and obviously, if I've got them positioned. So if you win the SEC, I've got them currently at about 15 to 1 to win the championship in the SEC. If you win that, you've got to be really darn close to being the favorite to win the whole thing. That's got to be the highest number the Vols have had in forever, right? 15 uh, oh, to yes. 1 to win the league? Yes, Absolutely. Do you have any? Do you have any data? Could you look that up for me in terms of when the last time is Tennessee touched that that type of air from from an odds perspective preseason? <laughs> for sure, Tony. Yeah, it's it's been a bit. <laughs> it's it's got to be, and of course, I, I would think that you know, like you obviously you're looking at looking it, it's a change at the the, the key position. Sure, uh, the, the targets are different. Uh, you know, is that offensive line going to be capable of sure. offering the pass protection? Right. Are you going to be able to get outside containment when you need it on defense? Lots of questions. I, Florida. Just let's see what happens after Florida. Well, that's somehow Florida is a sneaky, interesting game uh, because it's what is your line on that game right now? This one's going to be close to almost a field goal. Uh, you know, if, if we look at, I mean, look, obviously things can change. You know, and the game's several weeks away, but I, I probably think you'd make Tennessee two one and a half at Florida. Wow. It's going to be really interesting. It really is. Um, Matt, are you, when, when you think about that Florida game, it is the first, sort of feels like not a midterm exam, but it is the first big test of the semester, Matt, if Matt's there. I, I, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is every year, I think. Yeah. Anyway. You know, and even though this is, you know, Expected to be a down year for them. You haven't won down there in twenty years. Twenty years. Um, 
no, they're 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 more than good enough to to be able to be sneaky and and, and stick around. And no, I, that's a game Tennessee's got to go win. Yeah, and you know, it's real easy in a vacuum to go. We'll, we'll hammer them, but when it comes time to putting money on it, that's another story. And particularly when you stop and think about the deficiencies we have. They've got a ton of deficiencies as well. It's, that's the college game, the essence of it. Robert Kowalski, you guys at Zen Sports continue to do great things. I appreciate you lending us your expertise on here, man. Anything else that you'd care to add? And appreciate you coming on talking some football with us. <laughs> Tony, no, no, the pleasure's all mine. I, I really do love uh, you know being a part of all this and, and, and sharing anything that I have. Uh, you know. It's, it's been a lot of fun, and honestly, at this point, uh, what's the use of you know keeping it all in? I just love sharing. So let's let's keep meeting and talking about it. And maybe one day, you know, after uh, we take a look at the schedule and week zero go by, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll come and ask you. You know, let's if we do set that Florida line, let's go a little higher. I mean, if we have them set to say yeah. six and a half, would you take it? If seven and a half, would you take it? So. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun with this year. Well, the issue, too, with Florida is it seems like they're getting a break with Utah because not only is Cam Rising hurt and his status is up in the air for that game, but their backup quarterback sustained an injury as well in practice, and I think he's hurt worse. And so now all of a sudden, you know, that was supposed to be a tell-me game for the Florida club, and, and they might get a break there. They might get a real break in week one. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that, and that's that's the key to everything, right? Depth is, sure. is such a huge, huge factor, and if, if you don't have it, especially at the most key of positions in this game, it, it, it could fall apart and unravel on you really fast. You don't have a shot, but listen, I appreciate you. Thank you, my friend. It's always good to spend a, uh, a few minutes with you. And it's uh, been an absolute pleasure breaking it down scientifically with you. All the best, Tony. Thank you so much. Thank you. Matt, I think it's really interesting. And, Brian, I think it's interesting to hear an odds maker go, you know what, I've, I feed these numbers into my computer. This is what I've come out with, but I don't trust those numbers. Because we do the same exact thing. You look at something and you go, man, that is, that is too good to be true. I'm going to bet against that. And damn if that number doesn't hit. Because these guys are human, Matt, but they're using models. They're not doing what we're doing. They're not. If you set lines nilly willy, you won't be in business long. You know, oh, no, yeah, you, you got to wonder if. Go ahead, somebody. You have to wonder how much history plays into the the low line right now, because I would I would think the Vols will be at least a three point favorite in that game. Were you surprised by that, Matt? The two and a half. Yeah, a little bit. I, I thought it would probably be closer to to a touchdown. Um, but I mean, it, it is on the road. Uh, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see that that game at Utah is is really interesting for Florida. It is. They they have a legitimate chance to win that now. Kind of have one of those slop it up games where you know both offenses just really struggle, and eventually maybe some of their talent and athleticism maybe makes a play or two that, that wins it kind of like last year um they have they have a legitimate chance with if, if, with rising clearly not 100 percent, and yeah i think it's up in the air whether he even plays or not right and their backups out 
So you could yeah, you could be part of third team quarterback. They they have a Graham Mertz type quarterback starting for them that game. Yeah. And who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? The Tennessee game be really interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, Virginia has a kid out of the one double A ranks, who, I mean, that could be really overwhelming for him down there in Nashville. This early season stuff truly has a out of Monmouth, right? Monmouth. I mean, and who knows? The guy could go Monmouth. out there and be a world beater. You just do not know. You just have zero idea. It's what makes it so interesting. But uh, I want to thank uh, Robert Keller Kowalski for joining us. My number is 865-200-5402. We're going to open it up for you. Um, also, Blake Topmeyer had some really interesting things. Matt Dixon's got a great report today over at tclub.team. Yesterday, uh, Blake Topmeyer came on the air, and he was ranking quarterbacks in the league. Matt, how much of this do you agree with or disagree with? His top four are in order. K.J. Jefferson, the Daniels kid from LSU. Three is Leary from Kentucky. Four is Joe Milton. Five back, six Rattler. What do you get right? What do you get wrong? I'll read it again. Uh. K.J. Jefferson. Daniels is two. Leary from Kentucky is three. Milton is four, Beck five, Rattler six. Uh, I I agree with the first two. I'd probably flip them. I'd I'd put Daniels at one just because he's won bigger games. And Jefferson doesn't – I'm not sure how healthy he can stay all season. Yeah. After that, I mean, I wouldn't put Leary three. Um, I'd be shocked if he makes it through the season. And I I just – think he kind of padded stats against ACC teams. Rattler maybe three, but I mean, Will Rogers from Mississippi State has great numbers. Now they're changing offenses, which is interesting, but yep. I think he would have to be in the top six somewhere. Uh, and then I guess Milton's probably top six also. So I, I, I mean, I probably agree with the, the that top six. I just – my, uh, I, I'd add Will Rogers and probably take, um, maybe take Beck out just because he's not proven it. But I mean, I don't have a huge problem with any of that. Mike Hugan came it's on really a yeah. down year for the league quarterback. Really at least, down year. At least, at least entering the year. Really down year. Yeah, really down year. Mike Huganen said that Beck was embarrassingly bad his senior year down in Jacksonville. Now, I don't know why Hugie would say that, but he said it. Now, guys can get better. Maybe they've developed him. But it isn't like this guy is some kind of world beater uh, coming in, at least his uh, bona fides as a uh, high school quarterback. Kind of interesting. I don't know that we've ever had a year like this in the SEC where you look down in, in, in the Saban era. That's what, what we talk about here. Because he, he completely changed the league. Have we ever seen a Saban era team uh, where Topmeyer has Milrow or whomever's going to start at nine? 
entering the uh, entering the season. Nine. Nine in the league. It's crazy. But it's hard to dispute at the same time. We're going to find out if Alabama can win playing the inside game. Because they might be forced to play the inside game here. They've got a great running game. Hey, Florida's the same way. Florida has a couple of nice backs. Can those guys, can those programs turn the clock back? Will they turn the clock back? Will Florida design, or Alabama design some kind of uh, crazy run offense with Milrow and just get him out on the edge and just let him be an absolute headache out there? Basically do the Jalen Hurts deal this sure. freshman year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think they – did they win the national title? They at least played for it. Played that, for it. That might have been the year Clemson, Clemson beat them. But. One of Clemson's fake championships. Out of the ACC, eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Again, eight six five two hundred five four zero two. If you want to join us, let's go to the phones. If you want to get in the hunt and in the mix with us, hello and welcome into our first caller. You're live on the air. Hi. What's up? Hey, Leroy, welcome in, buddy. Leroy, yeah, man. Brother, I'm great. Are you excited for some football? My favorite Martian. Started tomorrow. Oh, man, I wish it started tomorrow, too. But, yeah. hey, we we got to take them as they come, Leroy, don't we? Yes, sir. Are you going to come make my party tomorrow? Uh, that's right. I, I, had, I had forgotten about your – now, where is your party? At the ballpark, Caswell Park, 515 tomorrow. 515 tomorrow at Caswell Park. Where at Caswell Park, Leroy? Well, we're crossing the head of my road. I mean, uh – Don O'Connor Center. You know what Don O'Connor Center is? Is it over there near where the YMCA is? Yeah, right. You, when you come up the next next to the red light, they make a make a make a left after leave the Y down there. All right. So the YMCA is on my right. Where's the O'Connell Center? Yeah, across from Don O'Connor Center. Is that across? Is that on the same side of the street, or Matt? What do you no, think of hearing me side. in the background? Go, I'm sorry. It's on the other side. So you're on the same side of the street as the YMCA. No, it's on the other side. Okay, so you're on the other side of the street. And is that is that that's not Magnolia, there, is it? Yes, off of Magnolia. Okay. So you're right there across from like Winona. Yeah, put it in your uh, in your in your weapon collar, and you can find it. The O'Connor Center. Okay, what am I bringing you for your birthday tomorrow, Leroy? Because this is really eh. what what am I bringing you for your birthday tomorrow? Some kind of hat. How many hats? Just one. Would you like one of uh, Would you rock one of Anthony's Penn golf hats? Yes, sir. I got a lot of kids coming to your thing this year. Oh, I love you, Leroy. Yeah, I got a lot of kids coming to your uh, thing up there. We're excited, buddy. We're excited to serve the community this yeah, year. I got to get. I, I got to say that. So I got to get on I the got promoting a lot of kids that. Want to come and have a lot of fun. I got to get on the promoting that, Leroy. What you're Bino today. Bino uh, was in yesterday. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you think you better make it tomorrow? 
I will be there at 515 tomorrow, Leroy. Okay, well, have a blessed day. You have a Dwight Gooden. All right. It would be an absolute pleasure. Brian, are you going to make Leroy's birthday party, and are you bringing a hat? I will be there in spirit, Tom. You couldn't? You can't even commit? Come on, Brian. you going to turn into a pumpkin? Happy birthday, Leroy. Come on, Bri. You can't mean that, Bri. Let's go back to our phones. Do you guys know where the O'Connor Center is? Do you know, Matt? Are you familiar with what he's talking about? I know the the where the YMCA and the, that park is down there. I don't know specifically that building, but... Back to the phones on the TLD Logistics Hotline, tldlogistics.com. Hello and welcome into our next call. Okay, Tony, I need to correct your buddy, Mr. Kowalski. Killer Kowalski. Yeah, the game against Carolina is in Nashville, not Charlotte, Nashville. The Ville. My buddy, my buddy Tom and I is going to that game. That's a couple of days after Thanksgiving, Tony. Are you sure there aren't two of them on the schedule? Uh, no. Just one. What did you make of our conversation? Brian thinks that you guys will be good enough to get over that seven and a half number, Bill. Uh, the coaching well, I, yeah, staff will I, do it. The coach, the coach will figure out a way. Okay, okay. We we have two. Very tough opponent. We open up against two very tough opponents to start to start the season off. Who are those? The Sa- two tough the opponents. The Saints, the Saints on the road, and the Chargers in Nashville. Brian, are you buying the Saints' new quarterback? Are you for this or against this? This new era of Saints football, Brian. I think the. NFC South is going to be a little bit of a rough watch this year. Oh, my gosh. You don't say. No Brady. You've got you got Baker Magic in Tampa. You don't suppose that's going to be a rough watch. Tam, uh, Atlanta's a hot mess. Carolina. Jeez Louise. Tell you what the NFL has, Bill, and we saw this last year. They got a bunch of, uh, I don't know how you say this, but they got a bunch of bad football teams in their league. Yeah. Strange time. I'll tell you what, I, be- I believe that the Titans players has sort of rubbed the 2022 season out of their mind. And they're saying history will not repeat itself. And I don't believe it will repeat. History will not repeat itself. I just cannot see us having another losing season. Billy, I guess you never know, do you? Yeah. So it'll be be interesting. Of course, this this coming Friday, they play the Patriots. And speaking of that, Tony, Belichick, and I said this to you before, is hanging by a thread. If he don't turn it around, Robert Kraft has no choice of saying bye-bye, Billy boy. You know, 
it uh, it is going to be a very very interesting interesting deal. Uh, what's going to happen there? Because the truth is, everybody has an expiration date in professional sports, even the all time greats like Belichick. Yeah. So. You're the man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, brother. I was asking the question, when was the last time Tennessee was that high of a favorite or that highly thought of by Vegas? And uh, C has come with a number here. Tennessee was, he's part of our winners and losers panel. Tennessee was 4-1 to back in 2016, according to one sports book, to win the SEC. 4-1, to Matt. So they... they what was were, Alabama? They were touching some rare air. Bama was plus 175. Yeah. LSU yeah, was they, plus 350. That was when the East was really down. I mean, Florida and Georgia were both really down right then. And Tennessee was the overwhelming favorite, which... You know, kind of automatically gives you a great chance to, to win the league. Yep. Not another squandered opportunity from from Lyle. So they had they had a nice young team there in uh, 2016. They got there for a minute. It looked like they were going to get there, didn't it? At the start of that year, it looked like they were going to get there. You had to try to give back what they gave back when they were five and zero, and they were cruising. It looked like that was. Well, they weren't really cruising, but they, they they were fortunate, but they were still in great shape. Oh, it was unreal. The way that season ended from where it started. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony, Josh, you boy. Wings. Tony, uh, did you see uh, we're on uh, August 24th, Thursday, they're going to honor Toby Bryant. At the Santa Monica Pier by lighting up uh, the Ferris wheel. I did not um, see uh, that. Numbers 8 and 24. Yeah. I did not see that. Are you a big Kobe Bryant fan, Joshy boy? Yeah, Tony, and I'm a lifetime long Lakers fan, too. Give me your three favorite Lakers of your lifetime Kobe, Shaq. And uh, my third and final one would have to be Robert Big Shot Horry. I knew you were going to say Robert Horry. Yeah. Because Big Shot Bob could flat out play the game. How many rings does Big Shot Bob have, Bri? What's the number? Like seven or eight? It's a crazy number of rings Big Shot Bob has. He's got one for the thumb. Yeah, he's got one for the thumb. I know. He's got five. Let me say. Robert Horry. Uh, that's I, I'm surprised that Smush Parker didn't make your list, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really Smush proud. LeBron. I'm really proud of you that Le, that LeBron's not on your team. Yeah, I I can't stand him. Really? Yeah. You know, last year he did a pretty nice job assembling that club, though. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Robert Horry is one of only four players to have won the NBA title with three different teams. He did did it twice with the Houston Rockets. 
He did it three times at the Lakers and twice with the San Antonio Spurs. Those yep. of you scoring at home, is that seven of them? Two with the Rockets, three with the Lakers, two, two, three, seven championships, seven world yep. championships. That's more than Jordan. That's a whole lot of winning for the 52-year-old native of Harford County, Maryland, who uh, played basketball at Andalusia, Alabama, in high school, played at the University of Alabama, 88 to 92. Uh, Just a great player, just an absolutely all-time great player. The only organization he did not win a world championship with of the four teams he played for was the Phoenix Suns. Remarkable. Just an absolute winner, man. Tony, uh... You got credibility. Hey, Hey, Josh. When yeah. you when you gave me Robert Horry, you got some old school credibility to you, brother. And yeah. Alabama still didn't make a Final Four with with Robert Horry on their team. Alabama yeah. and Tennessee are from the Church of the Perpetual Underachiever when it comes to basketball. Who gets there first, Matt? Position statement: Who gets there first, Alabama or Tennessee? Who gets to the land of milk and honey in college hoops? Now that we watched last year. That directional school from Florida get there. San Diego Stink. Tony, San Diego Stink Tony, got there last year. Tony, yes. Tony, you, you have to ask, is Bruins playing Florida Atlantic again? Matt Dixon? Uh, Paul Estrell will appreciate that cheap shot. I I still think Tennessee will get there before Alabama. Agreed. They're going to have a that, – that, that thing's getting ready to tumble down there with Nate Oates and how – off the court, they how how out of control that thing is. And John, and, and by the way, Rick Barnes, and you need to quit calling him Rick Bruins. I find that offensive. He is finna. He is finna hang a banner here. He is finna hang a banner. But uh, Tony, that's not why I called. Tony, I'm going to take a shot at someone. Does uh, Bron Ross think? He's a big shot or something because he's the play-by-play guy for stuff like no one ever listens to. (laughs) Why would you come on here and drag Brian Rice, who thinks that, you know, Brian Rice Rice told me on Twitter, he told me and Russell Smith, he told me and Russell Smith that we are both really fortunate that we're not digging ditches. First of all, there's nothing wrong with people that do manual labor for a living. Secondly, Brian Rice is a spoiled punk and clown. But you continue and rip him. So the floor is yours. Oh, that's all I have, Tony. That's it. Yeah, and uh, you just don't what you just don't enjoy Brian Rice. You think he call it, uh, carries himself like he's kind of cocky? Yeah, okay. I do. Okay, Tony. Uh, I was looking through Twitter yesterday, and apparently Tennessee Lee thinks that you cursed his Navy Notre Dame over over 51 bet. Well, he he and I will have to deal with each other Thursday when we lay down another award-winning action-packed edition of Winners and Losers. Winners and Losers. Because Nashville Lee based on the year he had last year, picking games, he doesn't need any cursing. Yeah. You follow along here? Yeah, I follow along. I mean, but, Nashville uh, Lee 
I mean, Mike, who needs a blindfold to play pin the tail on the donkey when you're Nashville Lee? Talking about a guy flying blind last year. Guy yeah. was brutal. He did pretty good, Tony. Yeah, he did do pretty well. I, yeah. I gotta I gotta give him a hard time though. Yeah, you guys have a good day. Thank you, brother. Because people say that they, you know, fading me is a way to make money, and who knows, maybe it is. We'll come back on the other and, side, uh, get some more calls in. Where... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Did you see where the Baltimore Ravens lost their first preseason game in like five years yesterday? Uh, in a word, uh, no. No. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, 
My name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you on the one, the only. We have a couple minutes left. We're going to do some TLD logistics overdrive, overtime. But uh, Jason wants a speaker on Twitter Spaces. I'll go to him here momentarily. We've got a lot to discuss. Tennessee got a commitment earlier. We had Ryan Callahan on uh, as he broke that thing down scientifically. And then earlier in the hour, Robert Killer Kowalski joined us. We're going to have a tremendous fall. I, I hope you're excited for it. And I hope you spread the word for us. Our contribs are excited to get back in the game. Matt's excited to uh, get back in it and some writing in the fall and all that stuff now that it's about to start. And our crew does an incredible job uh, when we bear down, and that's getting ready to happen. Remember, Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction, as soon as the games come to an end, tell your friends about it, and let's really grow that thing this year. Let's, let's, crash, my, let's uh, crash my infrastructure here. Dare me, as they say in the trade. We've... We've taken uh, great pains here in the offseason to uh, improve some things. I hope you've noticed that. But uh, we continue to grow here. It's extremely exciting. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. We are going to do an overdrive, TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, which is our um, which is our offering to you. Uh, when we go app only, it's a lot of fun. To the radio listener where you're hearing the program across our state. I hope you have yourself a wonderful day. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? 
experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
I have got somebody very special on the line right now. Our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how's everybody doing at Foodland today? Oh, we're doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. Beautiful weather out there. It's a good time to get out and cook some steaks, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of specials you got this week, Miles? Well, this week we have ground chuck for three fifty nine a pound, T-bone steak six ninety nine a pound, corn on the cob two ears for a dollar, twenty four pack Niagara water three for ten, and six pack Coca Cola products three for twelve dollars. Wow, fantastic! And those sales uh, run all the way through next Tuesday, so uh, people can come and check out. And uh, as always, your hours are seven days a week, seven a.m. to nine p.m. I'll tell you, you, it's very convenient, very easy to get in and out of that uh, location right there in West Seventh. And, uh, and if there's something you people are looking for uh, and you can't find it, uh, go ahead and ask. They will take care of you for sure. So, Miles, I hope you and the great people there have a fantastic weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.